I need to start with a real mystery uh, that's developed over the past 48 hours. Let me explain. Uh, we were in the pub as a team the other night, Absolute Radio get-together, having beers and a chat, and then, like, the midway part through the evening, I ended up on this table with about four or five people, and this lad from Liverpool, part of our company, had never met him before. But out of the blue, he told us that in Liverpool, they don't have Savloy sausages. And I was like, come on, he's mucking around, get out of town. But he was adamant, it's absolutely true. According to him, in Liverpool, they do not have Savloy sausages. And I think to myself, come on, Savloy's like the first name on the British chip shop team sheet, if you know what I mean. If you go into any chippy up and down the country, unless I'm going mad, they're always there. I mean, Richie and I have done a chippy tour about four or five years ago, and I'm sure there was a Savloy in each of them different chip shops. But after that, lad being that kind of adamant about it, I'm starting to doubt myself now. Think about it, go into a chip shop, stand there, arms folded like Big Sam, look to the right, in the hot plate, you normally got a couple of little po- uh, polystyrene cups of mushy peas, a chicken that looks like it's had better days, and there's normally three or four Savloys in the corner stacked up, do you know what I mean, ready to go in little pyramids. But maybe this is, I don't know, I, I just thought we have to get to the bottom of this, because imagine that, because he went on further to say that not only do they not have Savloys in Liverpool, if you were to go up to Liverpool now walk around and start talking about Savloys, they'd have no idea what you were talking about. They've got no concept of them. So let's sort this out, this mystery out, once and for all. If you're in the know, if, you, if you're in Liverpool, from Liverpool, whatever, and you can clarify this one way or the other, uh, get in touch now and let's sort it out. Weirdly, I've got to the point now where I've typed Savloy onto my little Word doc and it's coming up with like a red squiggly underline thing, like it doesn't exist. Am I going mad? This is like a Black Mirror episode. The one about Savloys not existing. Or is that a Friends episode? Uh, grab this book on Twitter, says, what's a Savloy when it's at home? Asking from the Glasgow area. Not you, lot too. Uh, the Sound of Dave's on Twitter says, we haven't got jelly deals in Liverpool either, you monsters. Let's not get into a war about this. A bona fide Liverpudlian Joe Thomas says, I didn't know what one was, a Savloy, until I moved to London. Really? Mark the Plank says, I've not seen one in Northern Ireland and I've lived here for eight years. Pasty baps and battered burgers, though, that's another thing. I don't want to get started on them. So it's clear, um, dear listeners, that this problem is bigger than we first thought. It's not just Liverpool. Uh, This text says, my wife is from Leeds. I'm from the Midlands. I took her to a chippy in the Midlands when we first got together and she asked me what a Savloy was. I was astonished. Moved to Leeds. Can I get a Savloy from anywhere, says this person. It's unbelievable. Right, listen, we've got Jay on the line. Jay, uh, where are you from in Liverpool, specifically, Jay? Kirby. OK, and uh, you're born and bred Scouser? Yep. And you've been into Chippies quite a lot of times in your in your time in Liverpool? Yep. Plenty, mate, yeah. And have you ever seen a Savloy sausage in any of them not Chippies? Not at all, mate, no. Not at all. I've heard of them, the mystery of them, but I've never seen them, not in Liverpool. <laughs> OK, so you might have heard of them. What, what do you think of the idea of, like, a kind of smoked sausage thing there that you might have in one of the hot plates. You like the idea of that? In the same bracket as battered Mars bars then, mate. <laughs> so you're not you keen? Jay, you would like to no. say that you're not keen on behalf of the people of Liverpool, you're not keen? Yeah, I'd say so, mate, definitely. All right, fellow, well, good to speak to you. Take it easy. You too, mate. You take care. OK, so that's uh, that's uh, fair enough from Liverpool there. No idea from Jay. Uh, well, what about Wales? We've got Michael on the line from Wales. Michael, what would you like to say to the hometown audience this evening? Yeah, so um, no Savloy sausages around here. <laughs> um, but we do we do enjoy a wristsole and some gravy. Can you please say that first line again? Because that's one of my favourite lines I've heard on a radio show in a long time. It sounds like a, a bit in a film. Say it again. No Savloy sausages around here. I love that. Absolutely fantastic. So, <laughs> and what area is that we're talking about? 
South Wales, Port Talbot. So I've been to Port Talbot many times. Was at Swansea University myself, so I've been through Port oh, Talbot. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you get the wrong train and end up in the middle of Port Talbot, last train, and it can be a scary place, but it's all fine. It's a bit daunting, isn't it? But it's particularly if you've got no uh, Savloy. How do you feel like there's a whole thing in the world of chip shops that you've got no experience of? Yeah, I don't feel like I'm missing out, to be honest. Okay, well, we're talking about blind spots in the chip shop essentials around the United Kingdom. What thing do you have there that we might not have hey, here, say, in London or down south? I haven't actually tried it, but uh, quite popular. The Mars Bar in Batter, have you heard of that? Oh, yeah, I've heard of a few places yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah, Batter, Mars Bar. Pretty much anything goes apart from Savoy sausages, I think. <laughs> Good to speak to you. <laughs> we'll put you on the map. Uh, we'll try and sort this out and get some sent over. Right, Joe. Yeah, good to speak to you. Uh, Gary Caves just emailed saying, uh, Bush and Richie, I'm from Liverpool. I had no idea what a Savloy was. I had to Google it. It looks like a hot dog sausage. Richie, you must be wondering what the hell is going on on this show. He'll find out soon enough. I almost want to do a Savloy awareness tour with Richie. Maybe I'll pitch that to him when he gets back. Me and him driving around with a big truck with a Savloy on the side, just trying to spread the words into the northwest. I think we'd never be seen again. But anyway, uh, your intel on this is welcome. Uh, this one says, this text is Bush. I've had five Savloys in one sitting, says John from Chingford. Thanks, John. Uh, Susan Norwich says, family in northeast have never heard of Savloys, but it turns out you can get them there, but they're called Smokies. The plot thickens. Uh, let's get some further info on this, and welcome to the show, the awesome Emma Jones from the Dave Berry Breakfast for show. Emma, welcome. Hi. Yeah, I'm good. How are you guys? It's nice to be on. Hey, it's lovely to speak to you. How are you getting on? How's maternity leave going? How's the little bambino? Yeah, it's good. It's all good. Um, not long until I come back now, so I'll be getting a bit of uh, peace and quiet when I'm back in the studio, which I'm looking forward to. Fantastic. Well, we can't wait to have you back and everything. Uh, we, we needed to get you on because uh, I've seen you sending a message about Savloy sausages. Obviously, you like to deal with the big issues. Uh, mm. Tell us your personal experience of uh, where you've lived in the United Kingdom and your uh, awareness of a Savloy sausage. Yeah, well, I saw you saying that there were parts of the country that have sadly never heard of a Savloy, and I do have experience of that myself. Um, I went to university in Cardiff and um, when I was in South Wales I went to a fish and chip shop and asked for a Savaloy and they had never heard of it before. Wow, so like like when we had, we had a guy earlier on, Michael from Port Talbot, he had no concept of them. It seems, you know, no offence to Port Talbot, but you think Cardiff might be a little bit more kind of uh, metropolitan, people coming through it and stuff like that. It's a university town, but still there, no, they've got no idea of Savaloy's. Well, actually, I was on a night out in um, a little village called Tonopandi, which is in the South Wales Valleys, and that was where I found a lack of Savaloy. Now, I don't want to sully all of the South Wales Valleys, and this was some time ago, so things might have changed, but in 2006, they did not have them. So we know for sure, for certain, Emma, because you're willing to testify, we have to you know, subpoena you, that kind of thing. 2006, we can say for certainty, South Wales very much lacking in a knowledge or awareness of Savaloy sausages. Absolutely, yes. Breaking news, you heard it here first. Fantastic, Emma. This is excellent intel. Thank you so much, and we will see you very soon. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. In the meantime, though, I'm looking forward to seeing Richie. We'll be mobilising uh, to bring you some amazing Isle of Wight Festival coverage here at Absolute Radio. We've got you covered. Brilliant lineup this year as well. It's the lineup you all deserve. Kasabian, Muse, Madness, Nile Rodgers and Sheik on a sunny day. It's going to be amazing. And, crucially, no England uh, in a football tournament making you depressed at some point as well. Walking around all dejected with your St George's Cross flag in the bin. So, don't need to worry about any of that lot and as a real bonus 80s versus 90s we're going to be doing it live at the river stage we are back 4pm on Saturday Richie and I need your support so if you go into the Isle of Wight Festival 
Shimmy over there for four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be an hour of 80s versus 90s. Me playing songs from the 90s versus Richie's songs from the 80s. Let's see who comes out on top. We've got T-shirts to give away and everything. It's going to be an old school road show, that kind of thing. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. We went to look around a preschool earlier on this morning in Leon C. Our, our middle girl, Thea, is stepping up next year. She's becoming a big girl. Can't quite believe it. Time is flying so fast. And it was a cute little place in Leon C. Loads of little scallywags playing with dolls, sitting on them little seats they've got at tiny schools, all smelling of pencil shavings. You know the school. But the weird thing was, right, as we were looking around, I was thinking to myself, there's hardly any kids in here. So we asked the teacher, and God's honest truth, it turns out half the class aren't there because they're all stranded abroad which is incredibly middle class, but apparently loads of them being on holiday for half term or whatever it was. And then as you've seen or probably experienced for yourself, there's been so many flight cancellations because of the shambles that's been going on. They're all still stuck there. With the, it happening to that many people, even my friend James has just texted me now, like he's stuck in Edinburgh, can't get back down to Wales. Uh, when were you last stranded somewhere? I want your stories of being stranded. You can't quite beat it when you're stranded. From my own perspective... I did a, a year abroad in America back in the late 90s, did American studies at UMass, Massachusetts. And at the end, we went on like a bit of a road trip. And we did that thing where, I don't know if you do it over here, you can do it in America, where if someone moves to a different part of America they, and they need their car driving somewhere, you'll, you can drive their car for them. So we picked up this fella's car in New Orleans, in Louisiana, and we had to drive it to Los Angeles, like right across the desert. And this car was an absolute nightmare. It was like chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Close the door, the wheels fall off like a clown's car. Anyway, this thing broke down in El Paso, which is uh, absolutely terrifying bit of desert. Straight roadrunner roads. Broke down, conked out on the side of the road. We were sitting there for like three hours before any vehicles came along. Buzzards circling overhead. And then out of the blue, this Mexican guy with a cowboy hat turned up in a utility truck, got us in the back of it and said, I'll take you to the garage. And I, I kid you not, I wrote my name and, name and address on a bit of paper and stuffed it under the corner of the metal bit in the back of the van in case he killed us. I could, like, point the finger of blame at him beyond the grave. I was that convinced I was going to die. But he was fine. Should have trusted him all along. Actually, no, sorry, the, the story goes even weirder. Uh, he did fix the car for us, but then we couldn't pay him because we didn't have money on us. So he, he then towed us to the next uh, hotel and overnight he siphoned all of our petrol out of the tank as punishment. It was the weirdest holiday ever. So if you, maybe it's not as bleak as that, but if you've been stranded in any way, shape or form, I want to hear about it tonight on the show. Uh, Colin says, Kenegi Cove, Cornwall. If you're down there as the tide comes in, you can get stuck in the cave for three hours. He says, I can think of worse places to be stranded with a beach to yourself. That's a good point. It can be a bit scary, though. Uh, Craig says, I was repping in Corfu, uh, picked 30-plus guests up from the airport, got on the coach, and as my Greek was still a bit basic, I got into a debate with the driver about the directions, and we ended up stuck in a very narrow lane. A fellow rep with a Scooby-Doo van came and picked the stranded guests up five at a time. Uh, Ava says, a few years ago, I went for a walk with my granddad to my aunt's house, when we arrived, we found that my aunt was away, so we climbed over her fence to get into her back garden, and after that, we sat in her freezing cold shed for three hours. Sounds like an awful ladybird book, that, doesn't it? Really just like sobbing in the darkness of a shed with the granddad. Uh, this text says, went on a boat trip to Zante to see the shipwreck. Weather turned, uh, so I had to head back, but they decided to show us caves instead to avoid the refunds. The boat went straight in and got wedged in a cave. These are awful. We've got Ben on the line. Ben, when were you stranded? Oh, right, so I, I must have been about eight in Cornwall at the beach. So I'm out a bit too far. Right. 
I just sat there for half an hour. I couldn't get back in because the tide was too strong. So were you on a were you on like a little dinghy boat or something? Or what were you doing? No, no, just just floating there. Right. And it wasn't until my dad, you know, finally noticed me. He started calling me back. So I can't get back in. He's like, "Why did you call the lifeguard?" Oh, I, you know, I don't want to inconvenience him. I just but, didn't want to worry their life. So it's the most British thing in the world when you think about it, isn't it? Totally. So, what, like, would, would you have had a means of getting in touch with a lifeguard? Well, I mean, I could have waved my arms and shouted. <laughs> <laughs> so you just bob- bobbed around there at the end of the uh, beach. I around, hoping eventually I'd be able to get back in because I... You know, I don't know about the lifeguard. Do you know it's different times back then, Ben, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you surprised that we got to the age that we are with all the dangers that were around every oh, yeah. corner in the 70s and 80s? Do you know what I mean? My, my father was very annoyed because um, he went in with his watch and his keys. I remember him saying, if they aren't waterproof, you're paying for them in your pocket money. Wow, <laughs> your, your life's like Angela's ashes, that upbringing. That's unbelievable. Good to speak to you, Ben. Yeah, yeah. you too, mate. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Thanks to 10 Weeks of Tickets. We've got a pair of tickets to be won right now for this year's brilliant Isle of Wight Festival, taking place on the 17th of June, so not this weekend, but the weekend after, for your chance to see Madness, Kasabian, Muse, Blossoms, The Charlatans and loads more. Richie and I performing 80s versus 90s live on this Saturday, for example. All you need to do is take part in a little game that we like to call Ticket to Ride. She's got a ticket to ride. He's got a ticket to ride. They've got a ticket to ride. We'll get you there. I'm so bad at singing. So, look, a famous artist has set sail on their way to the Isle of Wight. They're singing one of the most famous songs, but the water's choppy, and yet again, the captain of the ferry, he can't stop pressing the button on his foghorn. To win the tickets, all you need to do is tell us what lyrics the captain has played his horn over. Have a listen to this. Let's meet tonight's contestant. He's called Tom. Tom, where are you calling from? Uh, Solly Hall. Solly Hall. So, just going back to an earlier part of the show, are you aware of Savloy sausages in Solly Hall or is that not a thing there? Uh, it's not a big thing here, no. It's not really caught on in the Solly Hall area? Not that I know of. Thanks for your intel. We'll put it on the map. <laughs> uh, Tom, how's your uh, Tuesday been so far? What have you been doing? Uh, just working. What do you, yeah. you do for a job? I'm a landscaper. Fantastic. So outdoors all the time. No sat at a desk and getting a bad back or anything? No, unfortunately not. What was the last thing you landscaped? Uh, just a patio. Nice. Do you ever do crazy paving? Is that still a thing or has it not come back around yet? Uh, yeah, when it goes wrong, that's what we turn it into. <laughs> turn it into crazy paving. Right, let's have a little listen to Kasabian before they got rudely uh, horned over by the pilot of the ferry, if that's the correct terminology. Have a listen to this. the lyrics that have been beeped over there, my friends? Now we've been watched by Google. You're absolutely right. You're off to the Isle of Wight Festival. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Good lad. A pair of weekend camping passes. And will you come and see Richie and I do 80s versus 90s live on the Saturday? Of course I will. Good lad. We will fire our T-shirt cannon in your direction. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. They said it couldn't be done, but it's happening. <laughs> a three-day mini radio festival celebrating the best of pets. So if you've got a cat that does something special and you feel that the cat needs the credit it deserves, get in touch tonight, 8, 12, 15. If you, if you follow us on Twitter at Absolute Radio, our timeline, and producer Adam's over the moon about this, our timeline is full of cats. 
Nick says our cat Bentley will walk into the room, go behind the sofa to the far end, then walk all the way around the front to jump back onto his favourite cushion. The one next to the bit at the back of the sofa where he starts his walk. He's actually, uh, uh, Nick's actually included a little diagram of the route Bentley takes. It's very insightful. Andy says our cat shouts a lot and can very nearly say the word milk. Uh, yesterday, here's a photo of him giving instructions to the neighbouring farm's sheep about milk, I guess. Well, that would be probably barking up the wrong tree. Excuse the pun. Oh, actually, it's a cat. Uh, Secret Marathon Nikki says, this is our cat, a giant Maine Coon kitten. I've taught her to meow hello in an Australian accent. I'm not kidding. She has a magnificent chest rug and is very good at stealing your seat. Loving these. Uh, we've got Lisa on the line. Lisa, tell us what your cat's called. Well, my cat's called, <laughs> my cat's called Bob because right. we didn't know whether it's actually got both bits. So we call it Bob, which means bird or bloke. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. So good to know about and Bob. And Bob can lick his bum and meow at the same time. <laughs> what an amazing skill. I'm almost slightly envious. So what, he can lick his bum and, and just meow at the same time? <laughs> so that's the kids doing that in the background. Yeah, so, so we first wondered who was meowing and I told the kids off. And then, and then we looked round and the cat was doing it, but we think he's kind of doing it like a yum, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, what a start to cat night. Uh, and amazing to have you on. Thank you so much, Lisa. Bye. Uh, loving all your stories about your cats. Mike says, this is our cat Chili, like sitting with her tongue out, and why not? Love that little pokey tongue thing that cats do. I feel like people on social media now, influencers, copy that little tongue through the teeth thing. Copying cats. Dan says, this is one of our two rescues, Toby. He was 10.5 kilograms when we adopted him. His current fighting weight is 5.5. Kilograms. Alas, his tummy swings from side to side when he runs around now due to his loose skin. Swings around about, isn't it, weight loss? Right, we've got Ben on the line. Ben, tell us about your cat. Go. OK, well, his cat's called Coco. Um, I've got another one called Coco and Chanel. Nice. And, um, yeah, he, he basically, he, he does a bit of a dance. So you hold him up, he does a dance for you. Yeah. He, he doesn't bother, he's like that. And we filmed it and we put it on a cat competition and he came fifth in the world and um, second in the UK as a result. So let's just go over the stats again there for Coco. Uh, second in the United Kingdom, but fifth in the World Cat Dance Competition. Yes, in the, yeah, in, yeah, certainly did. Yes, that was about 18 months ago, but yes, he did. Amazing. And, and is that um, dancing, like cat dancing, or is it all forms of cat entertainment, that competition worldwide? I think it was all forms of cat entertainment, but um, yeah, we just needed a bit of a dance for us, yes. Amazing. And was that famous on Instagram, or is Coco famous on TikTok? No, I'm afraid not. No, it was just famous on a website, yeah. Sorry, on a cat competition website. Old school. Old school website. Old school, yes. Amazing. And what, what does Coco like for uh, dinner then, when he's having his dinner? Oh, he, he, he likes some of the few dreamies and a, few, and, a bit of, and a bit of salmon, you know. We, we treat him. We treat him good. That's it. And just one final thing. Fame hasn't gone to his head, of course, has it? I mean, obviously, with so many uh, what views on YouTube and, and online, it hasn't changed him at all? Um, well, he does like to pose a little bit, but no, he, he, his fame hasn't gone totally to his head. Um, so would we be able to have a little video, do you think, of, of uh, Coco in action that we could share on Absolute Radio on Twitter? Yeah, I'll try him when he's out, he's out at the moment, unfortunately. When I, when I get him in, I'll try. <laughs> he's out, he's out. Okay, brilliant. Well, when he gets back in from town, uh, if he can do a dance, that'd be great, and we'll use that on our website. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Cat Night, a one-hour celebration of all things feline, really is taking the radio world by storm this evening. Uh, people queuing up to tell us about their amazing cats, and it's great to hear so many great stories. Got Scott on the line. Scott, tell us what your cat's name is, and what does it do? Uh, my cat's called Bear. Uh, he's, the la he's the laziest cat in the world. 
So he can't be what? Yeah. Can't be bothered to. What does he not be bothered to do? Move. When I uh, I don't even I uh, I rented a place recently. I didn't even declare that I had a pet. <laughs> he just doesn't qualify for pet status because he just barely moves. He's a cushion that eats. So a cushion that eats fantastic. We can put that on his LinkedIn profile. Um, what what like all cats seem to be scared of like something, don't they? Like whether it's like. Isn't it like um, cucumbers or something scaring the life out of cats? Does, does Bear yeah, move yeah. if there's anything that he sees as threatening? No, not at all. No, he do, just doesn't move until lockdown. All right, so when lockdown came along, then what happened? He was the hunter camera. We, I was stuck at home, and uh, he went out and he provided. Wow, so he was g- gathering food. We won't get into it, but he was gathering food from the local neighbourhood, whether you wanted it or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't want any of it, to be fair. <laughs> Well, Scott, uh, great to great to speak to you, and great to hear about Bear. He sounds like one hell of a cat. Well, thank you. It was, uh, yeah, good to speak to you too. Cheers for getting involved and running with the idea of Cat Night tonight. I'm sure you're enjoying it as much as our feline friends are. And don't forget, tomorrow, Dog Night. Night after that, all other animals' night. It's going to be one immense week here on Home Time. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway.